Good morning. And welcome to Naples United Church of Christ. My name is Dawson Taylor. I serve as your senior minister, and it's a privilege to welcome you on this beautiful Florida winter morning. And uh, I know, like me, you're grateful that this is winter as opposed to some other places. So if you're worshiping with us for the first time, or if you have been with us since the day we were founded, we're grateful for your presence. I want to say special words of welcome to those who are who have gathered this morning at Arbor Trace and those who are joining us via live stream and Facebook Live, as well as those who will download our audio podcast later this week. There's a couple of uh, announcements that I want to make sure that you're aware of, and then I want to tell you a little bit about an amazing week around here. Um, First of all, I hope that you have marked on your calendar Saturday, February 29th. It's a leap year, so we actually have a February 29th this year. And at 10 a.m. in Immokalee, we will be dedicating the eight Habitat homes that we have helped fund and build uh, this season. And so that will be uh, an exciting, uh, I would say conclusion, but our relationship with with Habitat doesn't conclude. We keep going. And so I want to uh, invite you to be a part of that. If you also would like to know more about the ministries that are happening in Immokalee and things that are happening out there, we're offering a windshield tour, meaning that you stay on the bus and you get lunch provided. And uh, so you'll be a part of the dedication, get a tour of Immokalee, and then you'll uh, make your way back here. You can sign up in the gathering place following uh, worship today. The deadline is next Sunday because we have to figure out how many buses are needed and lunches and things like that. So if you're interested in that, please uh, either sign up today or give the uh, church office a call this week or be prepared to sign up next Sunday. As I said, it's been a great uh, week around here. On Monday, some of our students from Precious Cargo Academy went to the Glenview and uh, gave Valentines to uh, the residents there. On Tuesday, the clergy team hosted uh, a Valentines party at the Glenview, and so evidently it's Glenview week around here. But in part because Roberta Lynch, who is a member of our congregation and lives at Glenview, turned 100 yesterday. And so we wish her a very happy birthday. I know she's watching this morning, and we want to wish her a very happy birthday. And then last night, David, Deb, and I, um, along with many of you, attended the Grace Place Gala, celebrating their anniversary and all of the impact that they have in our community. And it was a wonderful night of celebration uh, as well. And so there's so much happening in the life of our congregation and in the life of our community. I'm grateful that we are gathered here this morning to worship and to give God thanks for that. And so indeed, as a mission-driven congregation, let us center our hearts and our minds for worship this morning. Will you join your hearts with mine in prayer? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, indeed, we are thankful to gather in this place and to be reminded of your presence. And we ask, O God, that in this time of worship that you would speak either through me or in spite of me, but that above all else, we would hear with clarity what it is that you say to us this day. We trust and we ask this in your many names. Amen. I read recently about a temperance speaker who was lecturing on the evils of liquor. Who has the most money to spend, he bellowed? The saloon keeper. Who has the biggest house? The saloon keeper. Who has the finest furs and the most jewelry? the saloon keeper's wife. And who pays for all of this? You do. 
My friends, you do. A few days later, a couple who had been at the lecture that day met the eloquent battler of booze in the street and congratulated him on his wonderful speech. I'm pleased to see that you've given up drinking, the lecturer said. Well, not exactly, admitted the husband. We bought a saloon. Life is full of difficult decisions, isn't it? And yet some choices are not really choices at all. Frequent flyers will undoubtedly sympathize with the passengers on a cross-country flight who are considering the announced luncheon choices, chicken parmesan, beef burritos, or fruit salad. After announcing the choices, the flight attendant added a helpful piece of advice. If you do not get your first choice, please do not be distressed as a, all of our entrees taste very much the same. <laughs> Life is full of difficult decisions, isn't it? Moses was delivering the covenant received from God to the children of Israel. He had no choice but to deliver a difficult message. The stakes were high. The very survival of his people was resting in this time. And so in the midst of Moses' oration, we find these critical words in verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Moses was clear that a time of decision was at hand. The people of Israel could no longer walk on both sides of the fence. A choice, a difficult decision was before them. And Moses' task remained critical. He wanted his people to make the right decision so that they would prosper. If they made the wrong decision, they would perish. Life is full of difficult decisions, isn't it? And yet some choices are no choice at all. In rural Arizona, a man went to see Indians performing ceremonial dances. It was a lonely drive to the reservation across a secluded desert terrain in which the last 65 miles were over very rough roads. Late afternoon, after the dances were concluded, he returned to his car to discover that he had a flat tire. He further discovered that he had no spare in his trunk. But he remembered seeing a lone service station about five miles back. So after receiving a ride to the service station, he found the elderly proprietor sitting there drinking a soda. The stranded man said, excuse me, sir, do you fix flats? The proprietor said, yes, yes, we do. And so then the stranded man said, well, how much do you charge? The proprietor patiently responded, what difference does it make? Some choices are an illusion. 
we really have no choice or the choice has little impact. But then we also acknowledge that life is full of life-changing choices. Choosing a college, choosing a profession, choosing a spouse. Some time back, the newspapers ran the obituary of Captain Peter Townsend, a dashing World War II fighter pilot. Some of you may recognize his name. Peter Townsend was the one who loved and then lost Princess Margaret, but then went into a 30-year exile, self-imposed from Great Britain. He was 80 years old when he died. Captain Townsend left Britain after Margaret, bowing to a disapproving establishment, told the nation in October of 1955 that she had decided not to marry Townsend because he was divorced. The romance between Captain Townsend and the young princess, 16 years his junior, had been made public in 1953. It was a year after the, his divorce and the year that Queen Elizabeth was crowned monarch and thus head of the Church of England, which more than frowns on divorce. So amid a fury that reverberated through Britain and its commonwealth, the much-decorated war ace was banished from the palace on the advice of Prime Minister Sir Winston Churchill. He was sent to a diplomatic post in Brussels. But the romance survived until 1955 when Princess Margaret, at age 25 and third in line to the throne, made her final decision. Captain Townsend wrote in an autobiography, she could have married me, but only if she had been prepared to give up everything, her position, her prestige, and her purse. I simply hadn't the weight I knew to counterbalance all that she would have lost. Now, I'm not aware of anyone in our congregation that has had to choose between love and the throne of England but life is full of difficult decisions. And I loved when I read about the teacher who found a novel way to make his students pay for their transgressions. Troublemakers at Riverside Brookfield High in suburban Chicago are now being forced to serve after-school sentences in the Frank Sinatra Detention Club. There for 30 minutes, they must sit utterly still, no talking, no homework, no snoozing, all while listening to old blue eyes, <laughs> croon songs from a bygone era. The kids hate it, they're miserable, reports Bruce Janu, a Sinatra fan, who, who devised the club as a way to make detention more fun for him and less so for the kids. I just got to where I couldn't stand it, said one senior. It was so boring. But in his defense, Janu isn't totally heartless. He allows the students to sing along if they want. But no one has. As parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, we know how important it is for young people to learn at an early age the consequences of their choices. In terms of their later success, it is one of the most important lessons that they learn. Life is full of difficult decisions. 
Benjamin Franklin recounted in his autobiography about an English clergyman who once was ordered to read a special proclamation issued by King Charles I. After a period in which the country had observed strict blue laws, the king issued a decree urging people to return to participating in sports on Sunday. Most church leaders refused to read the edict, but one congregation, to their amazement, had a pastor who read the king's decree. And then the clergyman said this, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Brethren, I have laid before you the commandment of your king and the commandment of your God, and I leave it to you to judge which of the two will be observed. Indeed, life is full of difficult decisions, and we know that there are destructive choices and constructive choices. There are these decisions that in times at the end of our lives, when we take inventory of meaningful moments, those kinds of moments where we say, my life was headed one direction, after this decision, it was going a different direction. And we know that those moments are both life-giving and can be life-taking. And I believe that Moses was attempting to convey to the people of Israel that day the same message that God would want to hear us, for us to hear today. The very essence of your life, your hopes, your dreams, are based on the difficult decisions that we all have to make. But interestingly, the part that Moses left out, which frankly most of the First Testament leaves out, is that we are children of a grace-filled God. A God who yearns for us to have life and to have it abundantly. And so when we fail or misjudge those decisions and instead find ourselves on the path that is not life-giving, God eagerly waits to welcome us home, just as the parent did in the story of the prodigal child. A parent who patiently waits on the front porch, looking into the distance and waiting to see the outline of their loved one walking into new life. My friends, life is indeed full of difficult decisions, some life-giving, some life-taking. But as Moses told the Israelites that day, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. But more than anything, it is my hope that we remember the only thing that is more constant than life's difficult decisions is our grace-filled God.